0: Welcome to Film Seizure. We are in our fifth week of the Coen Brothers month, the final episode. Um, This week, we'll be covering the 2007 Western, I guess, crime drama film, No Country for Old Men. Um, I will be covering that with my two co-hosts, who I failed to mention earlier, Jason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're going alone today.
0: It's about time. Jason say hello, Jason.
1: Hello, Jason, and oh, He Jeff. did the thing
0: he did the thing, yeah. and then you did the thing of pointing out the thing, yeah, um oh that's Uh-oh. Jeff.
1: It's getting I could say the thing to you about the thing and then it could <laughs> keep
0: going
2: forever, <laughs> yeah, but we have to we have an episode to do.
0: yes, we do have an episode to do, <laughs> Jeff. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. this is uh this is a heck of a movie.
0: It is a heck of a movie. Me. it is. Me. Me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean for coen brothers films it's all right,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all right anyway. well let's put it this way i asked a week ago where the hell the academy was for the man who was uh who wasn't there yeah they showed up this time and they, I mean, they did i mean they the the coen brothers swept their categories that's so unusual for people who get multiples like that, to get all of them, you know, to have multiple nominations. Yeah, across the, Coen, categories. the Coens
1: swept their categories.
2: Right. The movie did not sweep. Right? No, no, no. But I mean, but like, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, like, they're three four nominations
0: and they won all of them,
1: right? Well, no, it was eight nominations. They won four of them, but but the Coens for everything they were nominated for, like they director, got. Um, screenplay, and editing they got
2: yeah. plus no best picture no they, no so editing, they, they didn't get editing they didn't they, get they it were best picture editing oh okay so yeah okay but anyway i mean really still sweep. they didn't really sweep but typically when you think of like somebody who wrote a movie then directed it and produced it normally you don't get all three of those um they like to usually share that around um you know so this, yeah, this was good, when good on this, was,
1: this was when it was um revealed i guess they were outed for their their editing because they use they they always used a pseudonym for edit edited by oh yeah Um, and 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 that person (laughs) got nominated for best editing and then that kind of was like wait a minute who the fuck is this person they don't (laughs) exist
2: (laughs) This Roderick James guy always does the Coen brothers movies. What's up with that?
1: Roderick James.
2: Yeah.
0: Having, (laughs) having just watched this movie, I would say it would have been really hard not to give them those awards or or not to give best best picture to this film. Like, I didn't remember what it was up against, but I do know it was
2: up against the big one. The, was up against um, one really big one. Yeah. yeah um, the um, oil flick. There will be blood. Yeah. There will be blood. Which. That. Now. So, that, what? No, I was going to say it's like that has the one thing that this movie doesn't have, which is a all encompassing main lead character. Right. You know, that's the that's yeah. you drink your milkshake up and all of that stuff. You don't have that in this movie. But what you do have in this movie, I think, is a superior movie all around
1: um i i would agree although
2: i am a big big fan of there will be blood big oh blood. that's a good mo- that's a great movie too i mean i'm not i'm not arguing that i just think this is the better this is the one i would have picked but but if yeah I had this a vote.
1: this the, it had to have been neck and neck between those two the other three is, is honestly a weak year all around but but there will be blood was stiff competition for sure the other three were atonement juno and michael clayton
2: And Juno was the feel-good nominee. Kind of the populist pick. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, The one thing, too, I I will agree with, and this is rare, because Roger Deakins shot the fucking shit out of this movie, and it looked gorgeous, and he lost again, (laughs) but he lost to um, There Will Be Blood, and that is an unbelievably beautiful picture. Um, So I get it. Or Deacons. But usually Deacons loses and he shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, So, one thing about this movie, like, I think almost every episode, at least during this run of Cone Brothers Months, besides maybe Hudsucker, I've talked about how the movies are set up like Westerns, right? That aren't (laughs) really Westerns. Well, this is a fucking Western. Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) I would call it a Western noir. Yeah. yeah, they they call these like
1: neo-Westerns, right? Right. You have your neon your neo-Nors, you have know, this kind of your neo-Western.
0: But this doesn't stray too far from that, other than feeling obviously more modern. I guess that's the neo part of it, right? Um, or new. Um, but yeah, like, it's pretty straightforward film. Like, it's just a train on a track almost the whole time.
1: Yeah, Western, I mean, this movie is... In some ways, more Western than than like your what you would imagine as your kind of typical Roy, Roy Rogers or John Wayne Western, right? Like, right. Like this movie is is literally like examining itself. Its main character, I guess, one of its main characters, the Tommy Lee Jones character, is is mentally and physically examining his life against the whole history of lawmen before him, right? Right. It is like what is his place in that pantheon? What is his legacy? Right? And um and what's more western than that? You know? I mean, that's just great.
0: Yeah, well, it's a me.
2: Yeah, no, I was just gonna add too that the I was telling Chuck before you before you came on, Jason, before we started recording. Um I I don't know, you know, it's like I just Watched this movie, right? Like I just sat there and just watched what was going and just thought about what I was thinking about while the movie was happening.
0: You thought about what you were thinking that's, about? That's how no, I, I movies.
2: Well, no, I, thought, <laughs> I thought about what I was thinking about while I was watching the movie all day today, you oh, know? Okay, and so yeah. it's like, gotcha. you know, so, and I, I told Chuck, I came down to this being this movie existing in like this Venn diagram. <laughs> not really a venn diagram but it sounds it's the only thing i can think of how it looks in my head of three different things being deconstructed in three different ways
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: um and tommy lee jones is a big part of that because he opens and closes the movie Mm -hmm. and uh he's an interesting character because i think he's an absolute failure (laughs) um of sorts. I mean like he's he is ill prepared for what this for what this movie is doing or for what is happening in this movie.
1: Yes, yes he is. He is um he is in some ways a failure. I don't think he's an utter failure. He thinks he is.
2: Sure.
0: Um, he, he's definitely Yes, he thinks he is. And for this time, as he's examining what you said earlier, Jason, his whole place in the pantheon of lawmen and, and the history of the world and how he feels humankind has passed him by. Mm-hmm his failure is what he's examining to determine if he can even do this anymore, if he can right. even be a lawman anymore. Yeah, so it makes right. sense that he feels like a failure. Otherwise the movie doesn't make sense. Right. 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 And right. and
2: he is set up as like, he's the guy we think is going to be our hero. He just isn't, you know, he just isn't. I mean, he is, um, he's always behind. He, he fails to protect either of the characters that needed the most protecting and he is i mean it's he doesn't belong in this world anymore or at least that's what he thinks and he is um in in a way his last little monologue makes me think that in some way he is on the road to or has discovered that he is kind of okay with where he's at at the end of the movie i
1: think he's forgiven himself and we can talk about that later um because i thought about that a lot that last speech um he he look look he he is not the right man for this job anymore as soon as he starts doubting it in himself he's he's not the right man for this job anymore it's like a race car driver once yeah. you start, once you start not trusting your instincts, get the fuck off the track because you're a danger to yourself and others. Right. So that's kind of where he's at right now. And that that's proved out. He He's right to retire, but he's retiring for the wrong reasons. Yeah. He, he's not being truthful about, about his, how way he fits into the world anymore. Right.
0: Um, I was going to, I was going to say that because go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry.
1: Just to finish my point, it's it's not that the world has gotten meaner or nastier, or that he just doesn't understand, you know, the nature of man anymore, or, or that that there can be monsters. They've always existed.
0: So he's There's, gotten old.
1: He's just gotten old.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's just
1: gotten old. I mean, it's like it's like I don't like driving anymore. If I get anxious, I fucking I hate it. I hate driving. I didn't feel that way twenty years ago. The older I get, the less I want to do it. It's like the fear of death creeps
2: in, right? Get yeah. the fuck off the track! You're endangering all the other drivers.
0: I do want to. I do want to bring up real quickly because this goes along with your point. Once I say it, this is based on the 2005 novel by Cormac McCarthy of the same name. Fucking tremendous book. And Cormac McCarthy, until he passed um, a second. few months back, yeah, yeah, was probably our greatest living American author. Um, Lots of great books that man has written. All that to say, in the book, that whole transition of Tommy Lee Jones is more in plain sight about yeah. how he starts to to get used to the fact that he's getting old, not that mm-hmm. times are changing, is a lot more. And like, it's kind of like bookended in this movie yeah, instead yeah. of examined. Um, yeah but yeah it's it's there in the book and I th- I think the Cohen brothers honestly did an amazing job with with this transfer. It's like all the beats are there, it's switched around a little bit. there's one major difference, but it's they did a great job with it like yeah amazing. i think
1: I think that that point of him realizing that very fundamental thing is very is very well distilled in the movie down to his conversation with his brother, right, right. Like um, I think he realizes it then too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, just, like, he
1: doesn't have to come right out and say it, but he kind of says mm-hmm. it. I think in his final speech, which we'll talk
2: about again later. <laughs> yeah, well, he so- also. I mean, he also has a a, a brief moment where uh, the other guy. Who, this is kind of like Fargo, right? Like there's this there's Tommy Lee Jones and there's the other guy, the other guy who's kind of helping him with you know, and he's he's actually. It's almost like he's he is setting that guy up to become the sheriff when he sure. retires, you know, and uh, That's Garrett Dillahunt, by the way. And I love yeah. Garrett Dillahunt. He's, um,
1: he's just the best.
0: He's like Will he's, Forte in this movie almost. He's so goofy.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a bit goofy.
1: he's yeah. not usually this goofy in his roles. Either.
2: Right.
0: It's weird.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. But he's like, you know, and, and he's, you know, at one point, um, you know, that the other cop says something. It's like, do you think. This guy knows what he's gotten himself into, or what you know. Paraphrasing that, to which Tommy Lee Jones responds is like, you know, no, but I've seen it, and I'm thinking about what you know. He like his mind is changing on the spot there. Like he says something to the effect of, "Is like he says, he says,
1: I I've seen the same things he's seen, and it certainly made an impression. An impression on, on, me. on
2: me, yeah." yeah. And at that point, I think he's on his way out the door. You know, it's like he's done at this point. Yeah, yeah certainly, this, he's certainly considered this considering was, considering
1: this it, was yeah. one. This was one too many blood yeah.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, because he starts avoiding it like the plague. He doesn't want to go back unless he has to. They find any new bodies. Well, I'm not going back unless they do.
1: He doesn't. He doesn't even he doesn't. I mean, a good leader goes in first into the building, right? Yeah, he doesn't even do that. He he. He's not even that far behind
2: him. No, or he's not. Uh, I mean, or I should say, he's not even that close behind him. No, like he. The guy goes in. I'm like, Jesus. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones just hung this guy out the drawer. Uh huh. Yeah. I know. I thought that too. I was like, Wow, that's
1: that. I, if, if you try to think, you know, it's early enough in the movie. Is he just trying to like teach a lesson? Yeah. No. No. He's just. He's lost his nerve. Yep.
0: So let let's set this story up because it's very it's very Cone Brothers, right? It has all the element it's like a perfect story for them to pick and do right it has random money that's either procured and trying to be you know like like every other coen brothers story there's there's the money and everything that revolves around it like like i said it has that western feel which they love um the one thing that's weird about it that doesn't feel coen's is that there is zero quirk to this story and they don't there's a dash of quirk from the, a, Coens, yeah. from the Cohens, maybe from the Cohens, maybe not from oh, the source material- oh,
1: the source material doesn't, yes, I'm sorry, yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> they put in <laughs> a they put in a very little bit of their own mm-hmm. into this, but it's very little bit, agree, like yeah,
1: like there's I would this was definitely their their straightest for lack of a better word movie um app since blood simple, right, since their right since their debut. And the only other one that really kind of comes close is True Grit, but um, but I would argue True Grit is is like absurd at times, right?
0: <laughs> it is, and it has it has Jeff Bridges like uh-huh. leaning yeah. into it, like yeah, totally, like
1: totally. But I I, mean, is... I love that movie. Oh, it's but, great. Uh, um, but yes, yeah, so I was I was gonna say it kind of feels like a, a cross mix of Blood Simple. And Fargo are like the two biggest pieces, right? Right. Throw the throw the novel in. You know, those are the two movies that kind of like shape their sensibility to make a movie like this, I would I would argue. And then um and then Lebowski is a little bit thematically like the search for meaning again, right? That right. everything doesn't always connect and everything doesn't always end the way you want it to, right? Right um so they were kind of building up to this movie i think is the point that i'm trying to make
0: yeah and it probably landed on their desk at like a perfect time mid 2005 it wasn't like it'd been around forever which for some reason when i first saw this movie i thought the book was like 1980s like it was an old kind of source material and that i mean if you read any cormac mccarthy you can't tell when the hell (laughs) things are going on really (laughs) when did he write when did he write the book it came out in 2005.
1: <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah, it feels like he's probably he was probably re- reading or sorry, writing it for like 25 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. I haven't looked too much into the backstory of that one. I but that's I mean, that's Cormac, though, like and it all of place his- in
1: 1980, right? Yes.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which it feels very 1980, right? Yeah, for the most part. And there's no giant phone that Jeff has to worry about that someone's like, <laughs> well,
1: what's fun, what's interesting about it is it is almost timeless in some ways, like the, the vehicles are old, but but West Texas looks like that, you know,
0: right? You could expect it to look like that right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With you there. You go yeah. to a trailer park in West Texas. They don't probably have like flat screens. Maybe some of them do. But, you know, it, it's it feels it feels authentic in almost any time period. Since right. the 70s,
0: <laughs> since the tube TV was. on Yeah, yeah. since
1: the tube, t- tube TV in color, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So, yeah, the, just uh, I said I was going to set up the story. There was a drug deal gone wrong in the middle of the plains of, I say plains, I don't even know, in West Texas, desert kind of landscapy area. And all of the players that were involved in that drug deal are dead and Llewellyn is hunting on that grounds he shoots an antelope is it an antelope or a gazelle i can't even remember what kind of animal I, it
1: is i thought gazelle too but i don't know i, I No it's know it's, it's a prong,
2: it's a pronghorn a pronghorn What's yeah that? it's a uh, it, it's basically um uh, it's well okay so oh, wow
1: i'm looking at one right now i see it
2: yeah, it's, it's like sort a, of it's considered like an antelope but it isn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it looks like the cross between an antelope and a deer.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's a good. Yeah,
0: that's a good. There's no antelope in this house. <laughs> um so he shoots a pronghorn and it runs away. And while he is tracking it, he sees a dog that does not belong in the area and he and keeps hobbling. tracking. Yeah, it's hobbling around like it'd been injured. And then he finds this mess and he tracks a man who had tried to escape with a bucket or a, a case of money. That's the setup for his story. He takes it home. Right there's your money. You also have Anton Chigger, played by Javier Bardem, as one of the scariest people in fucking movie history.
2: He's yeah. he's he is essentially a talking Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah i could see that like when he so he's been apprehended to start the movie mm-hmm. um he's sitting like peacefully like oh my god his peaceful evilness i don't even know how to say it's it. Well, it. it's unsettling
2: it's it's also it it's calm what makes him yeah. what makes him it's so much scarier calm. is not only is he calm not only is he exceptionally good at what he does but he keeps coming at you Mm -hmm. and when that is happening with no fucking music underscoring it there were many many times where i was like i was squirming like oh my you know like just waiting for the thing to happen you know like the inevitability of him to happen
0: yeah i want to finish that first point and then touch on the music thing because it really struck me no go for it this view the so anton trigger's been apprehended he gets himself loose of his chains he strangles the deputy or whatever he was i don't know if he's a deputy or not I mean,
1: he, he doesn't get himself loose he just steps over them. yeah
0: he and steps then, over yeah and then
1: strangles the guy the deputy who's, who's sitting in front of him with his handcuffs
0: and like yeah and the face he's making there the face he's making while he's doing it oh my god it's fucking scary
1: when he comes back in and the scuff marks are on the floor that's like oh that's that's a good, that's a good shot that's a good yeah.
0: detail yep but i about the music i didn't even realize until the end of the movie i was not hearing any music mm-hmm. and then the the score in the end scene end credits started playing i was like oh shit music yeah i haven't heard any of this yeah, for two I, hours i didn't even realize it wasn't there
2: I realized it wasn't there, but it's, it's so funny because like you always hear about how music is so important in the visual medium, because it can help you feel how you're supposed to feel. It can choke you up. It can scare you. It can, you know, it it can lift you up. It can make you sad, whatever the, the, um, but when it's absent, It's so nerve wracking that it is perfect for a movie like this, where you have one character who's being hunted. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I mean, there's a whole scene in a hotel room where like I have shortness of breath. I'm so like anxious for, you know, looking at the shadows under the door, Mm -hmm. you know, waiting for it to happen. You know, it's going to happen. You know it's coming, but there's no music to warn you. Yeah, you're there's now no musical in, cues. Right. You're there sitting there with uh you know, with Josh Brolin. Really. You are there in the room with him.
1: There's 16 minutes of music, including that's including the end credits.
0: Yeah. Like in the whole film or just written for the film? In, in okay. The
1: whole, in the whole movie. 16 minutes. Yeah.
0: That's insane. It didn't even feel like any.
1: Well, so,
2: some of this from a some of this from a mariachi band. sure. That's, um, yeah.
1: that's a that's a Cohen quirk right there. Um, yeah. The uh, I was thinking as you were talking about and describing Bardem in this, I was like, you've you've kind of got three different types of predators in this movie, right? Like Bardem is is ultimately your apex predator. Um, mm-hmm. You have you have um
0: what's his face woody harrelson
1: well yeah i guess you've kind of got four in that he's
0: regard a predator of opportunity that one
1: yeah you've you've got um josh brolin who thinks he's
2: a predator he thinks he can outsmart but he, he couldn't predator. he couldn't even snipe a, a a pronghorn right but he's he he's, failed at that
1: <laughs> he right right from the start you should know what his he's, he's is. he is outmatched <laughs> absolutely, but he refuses to believe it. And he, but he I does will say
2: things because he's arrogant, right? But at the same time, it there is, I'll get to that later. Uh, I was gonna say he's part of my three uh, uh deconstructions, but go ahead. And,
1: and then I would say, yeah, I would say Willie Harrison is kind of like the he's been surpassed, if you will, right? Maybe he was on top at one point, but he has been surpassed. Um, And it might have been on August 28th or whatever, whatever that day was that he remembers, you know, oh, right. Yeah. and then you've got Tommy Lee Jones, who in the mind of, of the public should be top hero, man. the yeah. hero man, right? He is, he is the one who you're supposed to root for. He is your, your, you know, typical hero. He should be the one who comes out on top as apex predator, right? And then there's going to be a whole subversion of that over the next two hours, um, because and as the movie kind of goes along, it's this this swapping in and out of predator and prey, right? However, there is, is and it ultimately is like that that moment when Josh Brolin comes in and he and he finds the one guy alive, and it's like who's the man? Last man, last man standing. You know, there's got to be someone, right? Right. Again, that's what we're going to find out over the next two hours. Who of these four? is going to be the last man
2: and uh there is one scene at the end where the where the perceived apex and the actual apex actually come to a draw Mm, yeah because they kind of let each other pass each other by
0: i don't think it's a draw i don't think it's a draw but we'll get there later well not either but i I don't know if it's necessarily if you call
1: a draw being alive then yes. right well yeah because
2: <laughs> but but there's a there's it's almost one is offering almost professional courtesy while the other is just he doesn't know what he's doing anymore you know like he's kind of eh.
0: well one i i take a little bit of umbrage with the predator notion about <clears throat> about um chigger because he is an agent of chance not he he doesn't kill everything he sees he leaves it up to chance in a lot of cases and he does it in multiple cases
1: you're saying that that sugar is not a predator
0: and not in the traditional sense because he lets people live in this movie that he that a predator would kill
2: well i i i kind of i can i can see where you're both coming from here um should, should I get into what I think of the three characters, like the three main characters, or should we wait?
0: I don't know. I, I don't care. I don't know what you think okay. of them. So yeah, I don't know what you
2: right. think All right, so, <laughs> so I, I, as I said, it's like I see this as kind of three deconstructions of three different types of scenarios, right? Josh Brolin is a deconstruction of somebody who feels – in my opinion, we don't know much about him. We can assume that he is. I mean, he says that he's a welder. He says that he fought in Nam. We don't have any indication that he was actually any good at anything he ever did.
0: He was a sniper in Nam, and he was good, according to the book. Uh,
2: according to the... Okay, well, the book... The, but he the book also did.
0: That, he also missed the antelope in the book, or the right. pronghorn. So it does mean something to the story. But yeah, go
2: ahead. Well, I mean right but you just brought up something in the book i didn't read the book i don't i don't care about i
0: was just giving you context i'm saying he's getting old
2: too is what i was gonna say sure and so but like we we know that he is incapable of killing the thing that he was hunting early on we also know that he is um he's kind of poisoned a little bit by not feeling right about leaving the guy behind without giving him water or helping him or anything. So he goes back. This is what ultimately leads to him being chased is that his, his conscience brings him back to the scene of the shootout to give water to a guy who's now got his head blown out and he is, and his, his truck is now tailable. Um, not, not to mention that the money itself was, but that wasn't. I mean, there's there's multiple stuff going on here that is a mistake.
1: There is on his um, part. It, it just to interject real quickly about that point. It's interesting because I was trying to think about you know what is obviously the real pro real reason he's dead and his and maybe his wife is dead. Oh, it's, she it, is dead. She's it's because he took. Dead. Is, well, they. I I think they leave it just enough ambiguous, but yeah, I I tend to agree. Um. But uh do you think I'm not lost my train of thought? Um Fuck, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Your interjections screwed me up. I
0: there. will say, oh. I will say. While you're thinking, she's definitely dead. He checked his boots when he walked yep. out of the house.
1: Oh, yeah, wow. yep, yeah.
0: Just like he checked his socks after he killed the Mexicans. It's a pretty obvious clue, I think. Yeah. At least yeah. to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I see. Um, Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. It's
1: it's um, it's uh, you know, what 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 is the real cause? The real cause of of all the mayhem that's come after is he set his life in motion when he took the money, but but it's possible it's possible he could have gotten away with it had he not gone back, and so everything he could blame everything all of his bad fortune on doing a good deed, right? Sure. But then I could also see the fact that these people, the Mexicans, Shagger, um, uh, uh, Stephen Root, they have they have, like omnipotent powers of some sort, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have feeling he was going to get found out anyway, um, whether he went back or not. Anyway, that, that's that's probably
0: yeah, that's funny. I mean the tracker uh, he would have been found out. Well,
1: that that right there,
2: yep. yeah, yeah, that's true. The, uh, but that but we weren't aware of that until. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. But the the fact that it was even there is unexpected too. So you know, I mean, it's. But anyway. In fact, so, who knows? Like maybe, maybe the fact that he went back
1: extended his life, because possibly he he was more aware and in tune to the fact that they were on. He
0: ran. Him. He had to run.
1: He ran. He had to run, yeah. and he didn't know about the tracker still, and that was definitely a detriment. But he was aware. Um, up until the point where he realizes it's a tracker, and then he uses it to his advantage to some
0: degree. Jeff, I know we're laboring your point, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just want to add like a little color to this too. Is that he didn't check for the tracker? That's showing that he's out of his depth, sure. too. And well, lends yeah, probably and, to what you're saying.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It, 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 de- it basically the deconstruction I see with him is that somebody who you know we know that he lives in the trailer park. He doesn't live very luxuriously. We don't really know much about him to say he is actually skilled in any way, shape, or form, at least when we meet him. um, He becomes, it, 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 it kind of plays into the idea of what happens when you give an not any better than average person something that is extraordinary. He's got this money, and what does he do? he does everything he can to protect the money which is to make mistakes he uh he, you know i mean to be honest with you he doesn't do much i mean like he doesn't i mean his wife doesn't really know much of anything that's going on it, it's just it's constant mistake and it's con- because he's out of his depth he's he is he now has something that he shouldn't have which is almost like kind of dangling a carrot out in front of somebody who i mean who really needs some some I don't know some fucking carrots I don't know but the point I'm trying to make here is is that he has been given something that he forget about it being money or anything he's given something that he shouldn't have that he would not normally have and he is causing all of this mayhem and chaos because of it and he he really gets people killed. He gets himself killed, he gets bystanders killed. he gets pretty much everybody who dies in this except for the first people at the at the shootout is his fault. and it's because he's in a world that he doesn't belong in. and and every action and every decision he makes when he decides to become emboldened to try to take on Anton, he has no idea what he's putting himself up against when he, when he threatens to kill him. If he goes after his wife, you're emboldened by something that you wouldn't have normally had any kind of balls for If that makes any sense.
0: I don't know, man, that last line there, I think he would have done that anyways for his wife, regardless of the money. If someone was threatening his wife, he probably. I mean, that's the machismo that got him in this situation in the first place. All the rest of that I can see, but yeah. if someone had threatened his family, I think he would have reacted the same way. I'm.
1: I'm going to make a personal project of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he is he is a badass. He's just an out of his depth badass. Agreed. In, in in okay. a yeah. in a small pond here.
3: No, yeah, Okay. Yeah.
1: Because um. because. Yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he might have missed the shot, but and his skills may be declining, but Shagur is in a whole nother level.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I think we um, should give Llewellyn more credit, which yeah. in turn gives Anton more credit than you yeah. were given well, him.
2: Well, no, that, and that's fair. Um, I mean, I'm I'm about to give Anton all the credit in the world because I don't think he's actually a human being. Um, <laughs> but we'll get there in a minute. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, as I kind of mentioned, you know, it's like he's a he's a great deconstruction of a I mean he's a out of the middle of nowhere sheriff who has seen some things in his time. You know, he has a he has a legacy he has to live up to. But at the end of the day, he too is outmatched and he is ill prepared, at least today. He is ill prepared today to take on what is in front of him. And, uh, you know, there's, a, we'll yeah. talk about that in scene because I think there's a lot that, that, that kind of lands me on him being like this. I mean, he's, he's, he's lost his luster. If he's a failure, it's because he's lost his luster and he's unable to really do the job as he once could.
0: He reminds me of Clint Eastwood from Unforgiven. From Unforgiven. Yeah. Without without the heroic ending of Unforgiven.
2: Mm. Yeah. Right, where he had where he had to resort to who he was. Right. Yeah. Instead of resisting it. Um to me, Anton is the inevit- inevitability of death itself um there are ways that you can get around it but there are things that you can do that will hasten it and everything that llewellyn does is dangerous to his health and hastens it i mean woody harrelson even says so you know that that he is basically he's in this and he's and he's going to kill he's he's killing himself basically by continuing on give somebody the ability to try to protect you he's almost acting as a doctor at that point but like anton i think is more of a force of nature that cannot be avoided and he does give some people the choice of the coin flip but at the end of the day death comes to everyone and uh carla Jean is kind of the only one who's willing to admit that and say i'm not going to blame dumb luck if if you're here you already knew what you wanted to do yep
1: yeah. so so yeah to me the the flipping of the coin does not make him any less of a predator no He's, he is he is uh he is a, a predator with a warped sense of moral code right and in and an, and an arrogance that he can snuff you out and he will snuff you out of existence for just for trying to make small talk. Yeah. But he'll, but, but he'll give you a chance if you leave your, if you basically like belittle yourself, like demean yourself, dehumanize yourself to play his game, you might, you might survive. It's fucked up, man.
0: It, it is, is fucked up.
1: Terrifying.
0: I did want to say though that, that when I said he wasn't, a predator in the traditional sense i was thinking you were talking in animalistic terms like a predator would never give you the opportunity to survive based on a coin flip so there is more well you're, you're, to him you're than yeah just,
1: you're, you're you're very narrowly defining
0: the that's the way you you presented it that's the way you
1: know I, pres- I just said three different types of predators i didn't say they were i didn't say they were sharks
2: Right. Okay. Oh my Here. god, imagine this movie being made by sharks. <laughs> either way.
1: I mean either- I mean there's no country for old sharks. Oh my god. We have a million dollar movie right there. No
2: huh. no ocean for no old ocean sharks. for old sharks. Oh yeah. my
0: god. You can have, we a, have a,
1: a you can have a killer shark with a with a like a Dutch boy haircut.
0: <laughs> Do you think honestly
3: <sighs>
0: that Carla Jean did not pick heads or tails eventually?
1: I don't think she did. No, I think, I she, think she did. did
0: I think she did.
1: I think if there's one, if there's one thing in this movie to, to hold on to, that's, that's, that's good. It's the belief that she didn't choose.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I really do think that it's like the her, her saying you already knew what, basically you already knew what you wanted to do when you, when you came here and waited for me. Uh, yeah that's so, a deliberate
0: me, that's a deliberate ambiguity by the cohen's mm-hmm. i will say that
1: i do think that though that that decision there's metaphor in the fact that he gets hit by the car t-boned and injured and is now like very severely winged and, and on foot that this could be his beginning of his end right and and you can connect that to his last act, which was if she didn't choose and he still killed her, which we agree she he did because he checked his boots, he broke his own code. Right. Mm. And now it's all going to it's all it's all over for
0: Anton. That's interesting. I'd love to pick the Coen yeah, brothers I'd mm-hmm. love to pick the Cohen brothers brain on that.
2: Oh, yeah. Because that
0: that is one thing that does happen in the book. I know we're not what discussing does? the book. Well, what she does? chooses.
1: She chooses. She does choose.
0: And she's wrong. And she dies. And the car crash happens. Like, mm-hmm. that's how the everything ends. So mm-hmm. if their intention with that is what you just described, I think that's a fairly kind of genius change in the story to give you that kind of feeling. Fascinating. Yeah,
1: I would yeah. ask them. They'll probably never tell us.
0: Nope. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of. We kind of jumped around a lot. We got Jeff's three things um,
1: to, to 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 like totally distill down some of what Jeff was summarizing. I almost kind of see the three of them as past, present, and future, right? Yeah, like you know, some embodiment of that. Um, almost like a Christmas carol in a weird way, right? Um, yeah. But that's a bit of maybe that's a bit of a stretch. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I like the idea of of Anton is the inevitability of death like mm-hmm. he does kind of feel like the grim reaper um,
1: definitely does yeah christmas future yeah he's christmas future <laughs> and
0: ed tom is is he uh is he mr marley or is he like uh scrooge um, um
1: well i don't know because uh yeah i think he's kind of scrooge i think i think maybe the other thing that you can hold on to in this movie. As a bit of humanity is um is his i think i think his his actual coming to peace with himself at the end of the movie I think that's what the the second dream means um well, I think the first one kind
2: of does too we'll we'll get there we'll get there, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um no i would say <laughs> Carson wells is the is the uh is the is christmas present yeah because well, yeah, he's... He, him. Well the well, reason yeah. why I say present is because he's the one who's adjusted to this kind of more corporatization of this mm-hmm. whole deal and he's trying to cut deals he's trying to be like very you know he's he's very suave he's very you know he's very nice to you you know mm-hmm. and even to even when Anton comes and basically stares him down to the point of blowing his ass away um he's not uh I mean he's still trying to say like he's he's saying everything to Anton he told Llewellyn he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't say to him. you know he's like he can't. Well he's make it terrified. Llewellyn. Well he's sure he's
0: terrified. Sure. He knows but he's gonna he is, die.
2: But he is still kind of holding himself together. He he's presenting it all in a very business sort of way.
0: Um, I don't know. When he's with Anton, he's terrified as fuck.
2: He well, does. yeah, but I mean, but he, he knows, is, yeah,
1: he's got the, 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 he's got the drop on me. I'm,
2: yeah, he knows, I he knows that, but he's ahead. also, he's also still trying to like, not, he's not shitting himself. He's not like,
0: oh, I think he's shitting himself. I totally disagree. Well, <laughs> I think he's shitting
2: himself. Okay. Well, he's not, he's not comedically Jeff shitting himself, shitting himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is still trying to be. The,
1: he's I, I got, he's I got, got diarrhea of the present, mouth though. I agree with Christmas present for him, and I think that that Ed Tom is Christmas past, and I think Scrooge is um, Josh Brolin, is, is Llewellyn, because the, these these other three ghosts are, are entering and weaving in and out of his life, right? He's he's our main character. He's our lead, um, and he's Scrooge. He took the money, right? Um, but that's, that's, I don't know. I, I kind of like it the more I think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you could, you could definitely talk me into it. Um, it's like the Heathers and Wizard of, Wizard of Oz thing. Um, yeah. yeah. What? So there's a moment we have to talk about in this movie, but I don't know if anyone wants to talk to lead up to like the actual axis of the film when Brolin just fucking disappears from the movie. Is there
2: anything we need? To- this is one of the most yeah. peculiar, but it works so well. Like it, it's so peculiar, but it also works very, very well. He fades away from this because he is like you talk about being overmatched to oblivion. He is overmatched to oblivion on the in this movie to the point where it's like he's. I, I mean, it, it is. It's it's kind of crazy.
0: You do um, have to do do a little bit of piecing together here too. Yeah, because- so
2: yeah so during the course of the movie it isn't just anton it isn't just carson it isn't just uh ed tom who is trying to get to luellen there's also a band of mexicans that yeah they were just, the other side of the deal yep. they were on yep. the other side of the deal so you have some people who want the money and you have some people who said, hey, we delivered product and there was no, you know, or or um, everyone's yeah. kind of after the money now. Everybody's after the money, but there was two sides to the deal originally.
1: Yeah. So from the way I understand, I can distill this real quickly. You've got the Mexicans and then you've got Stephen Root's like corporate gangster empire. Right. Yeah. And they had a deal that went wrong. Um, they had a, a, a transponder placed in the money for this for this drug deal but it went wrong somebody fucked it up and decided to run off with the money that's what josh brolin takes uh anton has been called in by steven root's mob empire to to track down who, who track down the money right they give him the transponder he sees opportunity he kills those two guys so he's gonna go after the money right he's now he's now he's working for himself yes and then steven root uh decides to also give the Mex- Mexicans a transponder, right? So that they're searching for the money, too, because he figures the more people looking for it, the, the faster it'll turn up, and he'll just swoop in and get it. Or his man, Woody Harrelson, who he hires, will get it because they know at this point that um, Shagura has betrayed them. Yes. So they want him dead. They want the money. And that's Woody Harrelson's job, and it's a tough one. So then... um. What happens is <laughs> yeah, Shagura is not gonna go down without a fight. He pretty much takes out everybody, he takes out Harrelson, takes out Steven Root. He's pissed that Stephen Root gave the Mexicans a a transponder. He's like, that was the that was the wrong thing to do. You select the one right job for the for the one right, the tool one right the job. Yeah. But fuck you. I mean you we're going to betray him anyway. If you were, if you're the one great tool, the one right tool that you're referring to. Well, then it wasn't the one right tool because because you betrayed him. But whatever you're going to do. So now it's down to it's down to the money and Shagura, and the money is in the hands of Josh Brolin, and Javier. Or, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is perpetually a step behind. behind.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But don't forget the mexicans there's still uh, our mexicans The Mexicans are still out there well yeah, there's the-
2: two groups of mexicans that's how many mexicans have been hired yeah um, a lot
0: of mexicans
2: right because yeah. the there were time three get ahead of josh brolin because they have the transponder
1: right and he he's able to snuff that trap out yes and
3: well, while meanwhile
2: sugar is killing brolin. them. While, well, yes, while brolin he, is getting the money and taking off yeah okay. but but yeah. he knows it's a trap that's why he gets the other the room.
0: temple and yeah, yeah all that yeah. So, that's the reason why yeah. he gets the other
1: room so yeah, he's out absolutely. he's outsmarted the mexicans at that point but he, he has not accounted for sugar yeah, yeah exactly yep. and
2: so yeah and then um brolin has been tracked down by uh javier bardem who then but we haven't even talked about one of the most memorable things of the whole thing is the is the weapon the the oh, skeleton yeah. key and weapon. Yeah, yeah. we got time. Tell us about it. We got time. It's, he, awesome. it's it's a it's a compressed air. Um, it, it's just a nozzle basically yeah. on, on a gigantic can of pre- of compressed air air yeah. that can basically shoot through locks and shoot through skulls.
1: Yeah, I think it is actually literally the thing that that ed tom describes when he's having um lunch with uh luella oh uh, yeah wife, yeah. he says he doesn't even put it together it's like another one of those things where he's just not firing you know correctly anymore right. because they make this whole big deal out of out of um killing cows killing uh, livestock yeah the one person who who had a hole in his head but no exit wound and no bullet Right, and they and they think, do you tell me that he just got in there and dug the bullet out? And they're like, that's a horrifying thought. And then he even he comes up with it later when he's talking about the way they kill the cattle. They don't even do it with a with a bullet anymore. They have a, a pressurized bolt that just just yeah. pops out and retracts, and the cow doesn't even know what hit him. And there's never that aha moment, right? right. There's never that. Like you, in, a, in a movie, like the music would change, like other movies, the movies music would change, and he would be like, huh. He would give you some visual and or audible clue that he made the connection, right? But he, but he never, never does. Does and he never even, does?
2: Even to the point where then when she calls back and says, "Is what you said about so and so the guy that was the main star of his story?" Was that even true? He's like, "Who's that?" It's like yeah. he is so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, dude, you, you, you've even forgotten that you've even told the story that gives you the murder weapon. Yeah, yeah, for the guy he, he, on he, the side he, of the road. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I mean, he's he is he is devolving into incompetence. Like, you yeah. you imagine like almost if he's truly kind of losing his faculties in in a right. really subtle way that makes that that you don't necessarily see with an everyday person. Right? It, right. This could really be happening. Um, And who knows, maybe this would have been 20 years ago, the story where he came out on top, if he had gotten there a little earlier every time. But I mean, he's
0: sheriff for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was competent at one point for (laughs) sure. But it's it's
2: not that story. Yep. No, it is not. Yeah, and he... So, basically, yeah, he uses this to knock out the the uh, the locks on doors to get inside. He does this multiple times. He used it to kill the guy on the side of the road to steal his um, car when he... Just, just stand there still for me for a moment. What yeah. Fuck. That's I, so creepy. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Um Yeah, so... Yeah, and this is how he... <laughs> this is that scene where I was like, I'm in that hotel room with Josh Brolin when yeah. he's figured out that there's a transponder. Uh-huh. He's also paid the guy at the front desk, not to, you know, just if somebody's going to come here looking for me. I'm not here. You didn't see me. Basically. Call me
0: if anyone checks in and,
2: and call me if anybody checks in. Um, he hears something in the hallway. He knows somebody is walking down the hallway and you know and so he tries to call the front desk no answer so he knows the person who's been after him is outside his door in his yep. hallway yep uh you see the you know you see it you see a shadow walk by and then the lights in the hallway go off and now he's and, and you know as the person who knows that this thing works yeah. and how yeah. it works because it. It blasts the lock against you get the... so nervous right did you get so i know nervous? i did i did because it's <laughs> Look, like it's gonna blast right into you buddy you're standing right yeah and door. it does <laughs> <laughs> it knocks the wind out of him
0: uh, but this but is kind of another he does scene that react shows quickly his competence like llewellyn is a competent man
2: i mean he right? is i mean he he did fight in the war so it's like he, one would think that he would have a at least some sense of snap two but you know. there's
1: but there's something about Shigura. He's just different,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. And and
1: he just doesn't have what it takes to to match up with no. this guy.
2: Yeah. And uh, I mean, maybe he did in them, but that was ten years ago. And I mean, whatever, this is probably you know. someone who's never lost, right? Like at least
1: in the things that he thinks matter i mean he does not right. exactly living in you know a, a wealthy. well he's life. not
2: living in yeah he's not living up class but right. he's got a pretty wife he's got a job presumably you know he says he does he's a welder he welds yeah. all things everything welds you know
1: <laughs> but yeah he's he's like it, when you think about like a, a, a game of pool or a game of darts or a hunting competition or like these man mono a mono competitions, he probably always wins, right? He's that kind of guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's that kind of guy. He's that, he's kind, that of kind, kind of guy. guy. Hey, he's so <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about the one, okay? <laughs> but this so, this is almost like a true draw here in yes.
2: a way. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because they both get hurt pretty badly.
0: They both uh, have to slink away and yeah.
2: And and lick their wounds a little bit. Um and so, yeah, because the, the he, you know, he's able to, to, um, to basically shoot and, uh, and get, you know, and, and get sugar away from the door long enough for him to get out through the fire escape, I think, isn't it? It's basically fire escape. Yeah. And he gets down and he goes back inside the hotel to see, I that think the he guy's literally
0: it. just jumps out the window.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He I, might, I, mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's true but he does yeah. come back into the hotel so that he can go out through the back way yep. so it's a little bit of misdirection there so that's that's smart you know mm-hmm. okay cool um he ends up um the, basically there's like at this point now he's being sniped he's yeah. the pronghorn yeah and he's you know and like he he flags down a truck asks for the guy's help the guy gets his brains all over the back of the the window oh man yeah, yeah. so much so many like people who didn't deserve to die died. Rel- because, relax
1: buddy i'm not gonna hurt
2: you blammo yeah like <laughs> that guy that guy is gonna hurt you yeah and so basically they end up fighting they they have a shootout in the streets um oh we should say that before, i think even before he gets into the truck um he's he's gotten he's he's gotten a bullet through his kidney or something like it looks like it goes he's
0: gotten shot through the side for sure yeah through the
2: side yeah. i don't know if yeah um but anyway as, you know and he also he's he is able to hurt anton and so they both slink off in different directions um Llewellyn ends up in mexico and passes out there and the mariachi band sends them to the hospital
0: he's also thrown the, the satchel of money over the side of the to the to the side the of the border, border the
2: border bridge yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um and then so basically this is how then woody harrelson catches up to Llewellyn and, and basically tell him what kind of a world of hurt he's in yeah
1: he's like um it took me three hours to find you you think yeah. he's not gonna find you right yeah now can i ask, can I ask you a question I've been thinking about this and I'm not quite sure what I think it means. So I want to ask you to, you're
2: you're um, kind of, you're kind of sounding a little bit like a younger Tommy Lee Jones when you're, when you're
3: saying
2: (laughs) it like that. I I don't know. I guess I'll be your Wendell. (laughs)
1: Um, when, when, um, Woody Harrelson, Carson Wells is in Steven Root's office. Me, me, me. And, um, it, it Carson Wells, he's on his way out and he says, uh, Count of the floors on my way in here. There's one missing. What
2: does yeah. that mean? What does that mean? That, he's probably on the 14th floor and there is no 13.
1: I know, but what's the metaphor? Like, he's Steven Roos, like, we'll get right on that. Um, you know, I mean, I was like, just shut up. But what do you think my, that means? It's kind of something,
2: right? My guess is, is that he's. I
1: you know I so, thought yeah. the thirteenth floor thing too. That's the first thing I thought of, but I was like, there's there's gotta be more to it than that. I mean surely he he's a man who knows about you know quirks with thirteen floors, right? And buildings that maybe don't have one. But
0: I think he's always just trying to disarm people their yeah. conversations. It so saying that, that I think like throws him off is what he's always trying to do to people. Yeah. But I mean the thirteenth floor thing. I think that's literally what it is but i don't know if there's honestly more to that than him just yeah, I, mean, it, it, it,
1: I mean if it yeah. just feels yeah. so
2: it just feels so like
0: it's weird well High in a place. way i always yeah. kind
2: of thought it's uh, also the way i thought it's like oh he's he's observant he's always looking yeah. at, and and he's always thinking about stuff maybe it's as know?
1: simple as that like they're just trying to give him a character detail right of yeah. observance which i thought of that too but i felt like that was enough for me but
2: maybe that's all it is
0: it feels like there should be more there if there yeah. is not and i take that
2: fucking oscar reasons. away from this movie <laughs> fucking throw it well, down where no, the, I I be the dumb ones because
1: we we're the dumb ones yeah because yeah. there's something
2: there that i don't know yeah that's what I'm asking. <laughs> well i know you said it wasn't enough for you so take the fucking oscar away. no my <laughs> explanation isn't
1: enough there's probably a, I mean, a better one that's another question I'll ask the cones. All right.
2: Yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll get right on it. So anyway, so yeah, at this point now, um he, uh, Anton has caught up to Woody Harrelson, killed Woody Harrelson. As Llewellyn is calling Woody Harrelson and basically saying, it's like I'm not coming after you anymore. You know where I'm going. Because he sent his wife to her to her mother's. And so he then tells Carla Jean hey we're gonna go we're gonna meet at um in El Paso Paso. um I didn't realize how fucking pretty much that's right on the border it's like in the little corner of New Mexico Mexico and Texas you know how many people know in El Paso I didn't know I don't fuck (laughs) oh yeah I don't fucking know nothing about Texas anyway but I know that Josh Brolin is like a fucking billion miles away over in del rio or across the border and uh from del rio yeah i mean, I did see how far that is yeah he needs to fly there yeah um so yeah so at this point he gets there ahead of carla jean and carla jean's mom beth grant you want to say anything about beth grant jason (laughs) she just she (laughs) committed very well she,
0: <laughs> she's the one it. thing that kind of takes me out of this movie <laughs> is that woman she doubts Take your that commitment. oscar she way.
1: doubts your commitment to sparkle motion is that why yeah i agree I, I, I think i think she you know what she reminds me of she reminds me of um Carol mama mama yep. yeah yep. yep that's exactly right that's exactly right she's playing she's playing too old yeah. um it's weird yeah i agree
0: Stephen Root a little bit takes me out of this too, Um, but he's okay. He's fine. He's in it so little.
1: I like kind of Stephen Root as this as this other face of crime, right? Like the white collar face of crime, like the unassuming guy is maybe the most dangerous one right
0: he's got so many so much fucking baggage with him though like steven root is an actor oh totally i mean you know what i mean
1: but he's but he's but at this point the cohen's are like i gotta put steven root in everything so yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so this is important though because carla jean and her mom arrive at the airport as the mexicans
2: are there and they no they they run to the bus station they go wherever by wherever they're going the bus. Yeah.
0: yeah, wherever, wherever they're going. But they ask the old man who offers to help Carla Jean's mom with her luggage asks where she's going. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's oblivious to she's got the least information, like least privilege of information. But
2: she so, has the biggest mouth.
0: But she doesn't know this is dangerous. Like, right. she's obviously like the the harbinger of death here but she doesn't know it
2: (laughs) she she does there's a couple of things also she does have a little bit of that the room situation where it's like you know i've got the cancer and that's not brought up again until she's dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they stole that from the room. That this came out after the room. Um and then the results are in. Yeah. She definitely has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, also it's like yeah, she is so like <laughs> yeah, um, she shouldn't have been there. She she shouldn't be a part of any plans ever, ever, because she is so fucking annoying and overbearing. But whatever. She also has a little bit of that uh, that that um, casual racism by saying that she's never seen a Mexican in a suit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like
1: she's she in her mind, she's like, I'm paying him a compliment.
2: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then we have. Okay, so Llewellyn actually, because he booked a plane and they're on a bus, arrives in El Paso first. Presumably, the Mexicans drove there, obviously didn't take the bus. And since Lle- Llewellyn is so laser-focused on um, Anton, he completely dismisses the Mexicans. And well, he,
2: he doesn't even know. He doesn't know about them.
0: I, probably. I mean, he knows there's... T- two sides of the faction he's never been attacked by well he knew they there was someone in the other room
2: well that's fair yeah that is fair so it's like
0: one of the weirdest thing that's ever happened in the movie they don't show you any of it you have to piece it together ed tom shows up right as the mexicans are bolting
2: because because the carla Jean has called because she's taken she's taking ed tom up on the offer
0: you got to come alone
2: yeah you, to 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 keep Llewellyn and her safe because she thinks you know it's like you know, she'll get safety out of this too i think he even says as much um uh, but you got to go alone to talk to him and there is something going on that scene the scene that fades to black that then comes back up with now Llewellyn just gone from the movie like i like it like it almost if this was a lesser movie you'd think josh brolin just had to fuck off for another movie or something that's how sharp and yeah like you never see his fucking face again no it's jarring it's jarring, <laughs> it there's, is even, jarring. there's
1: even a, a another funeral scene later and you think that's and, not even his that it's his and it's not even his it's, it's like you have jumped his. that far in, in front and in, in, into the future yeah yeah i um it was jarring the first time I watched it. It's it was jarring the second time. In fact, the second time, maybe the second time, this is probably the third time I've seen this. Um, but I haven't seen this in a while, probably ten years. And um, and I kept my mind, my brain was was certain that we were gonna get like a flashback scene that kind of like like cut into and showed us what happened and that maybe, you know, the the it was gonna show us more information about the money and everything like my brain was certain of it it was like trying to fill in all the blanks for me and it never happens and it's so fucking brilliant i can't even i can't even describe it like
0: i have the death scene in my head
1: yeah like
0: i can see i can see it
1: it is an unbelievably audacious choice and it is in some ways the point of the whole fucking movie
2: well there there is one thing that that I think helps Chuck, you and me and, and Jason, well, probably all three of us, picture what happens. The girl's dead in the pool. They yeah. shoot the girl and he runs to the room. Right. And he gets gunned down. In and the it's room.
1: just like that, right? He's yeah. totally taken by surprise. There's yep. there is there is no way you're gonna get out of this one.
2: Right. Yep. Right. Yep. But the scene the scene leading up to that where he's talking to the girl who wants to to have beers with him There's something about that scene that makes what happens after the fade to black that much more. What's the word I'm looking for? Not sad, not jarring, but like unfortunate, right? Because he's just having a conversation. The last time we see him is him talking about waiting for his wife and he knows what beers lead to. He's not going to take this woman up on it. And the next time you see him, he's dead. Yeah,
0: it's an affirmation of his character right before he dies. Sure. Right, yeah, so the because, kind of person we think he is, and it's he's the last. Still that time. person. The money has not changed him yet. Like,
2: yeah, and it's the first time we've seen him since um, he went home with the money in the early part of the movie. Him not be. Uh, in this fight or flight mode,
1: and it's and it's
2: and, and it's, it killed him, and, and it killed him,
1: yeah. <laughs> sto- in a story structure way, it, it's it's and guess what? Not your hero, he doesn't make yeah. it. So now who's left? You find Tommy got Lee Jones, Tommy Jones, and guess what? He shows up late. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, he can't even.
2: He can't even tell. He can't even tell Carla Jean what happened. Yeah, he can't because he failed <laughs> yeah
0: yeah there's something interesting here though too because he goes and talks to i think that dude is the sheriff yeah yes. yeah of el paso and the sheriff mentions like it's so odd that you know he went back to the scene of the crime previously which gets gives Ed tom the idea because he's going to go home mm-hmm. and he's like oh Maybe he'll go back to this scene of the crime because he's still looking for the money. And it's a really weird kind of scene here in the movie, too, because Chigger is there. He's behind the door when Ed Tom goes in. and I don't know how much time Ed Tom spends in there. He notices that the thing's been pulled off the wall. The dime is still there. And there's the same dust marks.
1: But for that, he notices he notices that the the lock is gone. The lock is blown out and punched out. He so he knows
0: Chigger's been there.
1: And he knows yeah. he's been there, and he and he goes in. I mean, to his credit, that's a scary thing to do, right? And he does. He goes in.
0: Especially uh, if he's, he's already considered and determined that he's going to retire, he can just walk away here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could just drive home, and this is this is El Paso's problem now. Yep. Um, this is where I do say I do think Anton offers Ed professional courtesy you you're not here you didn't you have your gun out but you're not drawing it on me and i have no reason to kill you at this point so i'm just gonna chill here behind the door he's not been seen he's He's not not been. there's no reason for him to start anything here i
1: mean the only reason to kill him is to get him off his back but i don't think he recognizes him as that kind of a threat it's like it's like the predator from the Arnold schwarzenegger maybe.
2: <laughs> well it's the it's the it, i mean at this point it's the you know it, it's the uh it, it's the bird that lands on um on uh crocodiles and pick out their teeth
1: and quite They're frankly the threat, and quite know. frankly killing them might bring more heat yeah right so i mean once the cops the cops been killed in el paso you know, the, the net will probably tighten. He doesn't mean once a cop's been it, killed anywhere
2: in Texas. But he doesn't Come want on.
1: that. <laughs> he doesn't want that kind of inconvenience, right? Yeah. Um. That was my read anyway. I don't Did you have yeah, something mean, to Chuck? Uh,
0: yeah, I think since there was no... I mean, just the fact that Ed Tom is there is an inconvenience to him, but there's no immediate interaction, but he does. This does kind of lend credence to later's observation about him making a choice. Even though I do think she chose to flip the coin in my mind, I think she had to, but he chose in this moment, right? He did choose to let Ed Tom live. So there is that part of him that doesn't leave everything up to chance. Right. So it kind of, does lend itself to the end of the movie a little bit
2: yeah well and also you know if if we go back to like thinking of anton as the as the grim reaper ed tom hasn't really done anything that has endangered his life and he's also kind of at the end of his life I think, he's ass, just, well, I think he's just letting them go
0: walking into that room endangered his life well like,
2: sure but i mean but like I mean, he's also like Llewellyn endangers his life by taking the money, doing something that he didn't have any right, but didn't have any, not right. He didn't have it coming to him. He took the money that was, that endangered his, his health at that
0: I get point. your personification of Anton, right? But or not personification, whatever you want to call it, Spirification, like making him the angel of death or whatever. But he doesn't have that insight into Ed Tom to be able to decide. You haven't endangered your life. I'm not going to
2: kill well, you. but I mean, but it, it. I mean, but on the screen, you know, you can infer that just from uh, if you I take guess that. If you want to peel
0: it back, yeah. If, if you want to take he that, he hasn't
1: decided that that Ed Tom needs to die. It's, I think it's as simple right, as yeah. that because in, the Grim Reaper metaphor works especially for um kelly mcdonald because he's decided even even if she doesn't matter anymore he has already decided he's already he promised it's already, already been promised to yeah. Llewellyn that she will die and for him he get i mean it's a compulsion at that point right it's 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 been written in the books and i am now the agent of fate the agent of death who has to fulfill that that deed. He it's made as simple no, he, as that. There's no, no emotion promise. in it. There's no there's nothing in it. There's just it's just a thing that has to be done. And that is super scary. It <laughs> yeah. is
0: scary, but he did still offer her a chance.
1: He did. He said that's the best I can do. He was right. almost reluctant to right? But he did. He did offer her that one chance.
0: Yeah. Well and and I think the fact that he had his boots on too means he went in there willing to offer a chance. Maybe because when he was going to kill, he knew who he was going to kill. He took his shoes off.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, right? that was to keep him quiet. I think, yeah. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah. But again, he also checked him to make sure there was nothing on them. So, well, he, but well, also, also the play, socks play. he
1: tossed away. He when he after he killed the yeah, he left them. He just he just threw them off. He took them off.
2: Yeah. But yeah, when it plays out on screen, though, yes, when he kills by his choice, yes, he is also being quiet. So as it plays out. Mm -hmm. you're right chuck yeah i mean he is the visual part of it does kind of make a lot of sense there that he's there with his boots on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um now i i yeah um i remember being like i like going back to Llewellyn dying i remember it being somewhat kind of anticlimactic at the moment oh for sure but there is something but it carries weight with it. and i I always remembered that being it's like wait a minute josh josh brolin is the guy with the money and we never see him i mean we see him the one-time fight for his life you know in the uh well, in Del everything,
1: Rio. everything is converging into this moment like the, it's all gonna go down at the hotel it's right. all gonna happen at, the, at high noon in the saloon right i mean that's the way it feels because you know where everybody's going everybody's going to the same place right right you know that you're like holy hell this is going to be a massive shootout and they just take it from you from the audience yes. right and, and that is just unbelievable i'm i understand why people would be frustrated by that but this is not a conventional uh I,
3: I, I wasn't but this is not a conventional
1: movie and that's the point of it right it's it's right. it's the, it's to like, say guess what this is not a this is not your your daddy's western
2: no you know? i mean f- is, 15 years ago we're, we're and the
0: killing the killing too was not done by one of the main players
2: no right yeah so right.
0: they were kind of I don't know how to say this. They're not unimportant to the story, but they're unimportant to the narrative that's being told.
2: Well, and, and Even to be honest with you, it comes off as being a little bit more realistic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's absolutely, wild. it does.
2: Absolutely, yeah. it does. And, I mean, now, 15 years ago, when I saw this movie for the first time, I wasn't frustrated by the, you know, by the kind of anticlimactic end to the guy with the money. Because, I mean... The, the Mexicans do make off with the money, right? Like that's no. that's implied, right? It just feels no, like, the tar- feels like a
1: Tarantino it. trick, right? It feels like okay. something you've seen where they flash or they or they or go to fade, and then we pick up another story, and then we're going to come back around to it, right? That's it yeah. felt it felt like a narrative choice, um, but it never comes back around, no, and it's. It, it is kind of like I
2: it becomes know. somebody else's story at that point. Yeah. It becomes Ed's story.
0: Here's yeah. why I think real quick, why Anton has the money, because when the, the grate for the air conditioning duct is laying on the ground, one, he's already figured out that where Josh Brolin hit it once. Mm-hmm. But there's also a coin a yeah, dime yeah, that yeah, he yeah. chose earlier when he unscrewed it originally so i oh, think yeah. he makes off with the cash.
1: he doesn't
0: have I it when he absolutely. leaves the car crash so i don't know no. he's probably well, left no, it well somewhere. That, that's well that's, that's months
2: that's months weeks or yeah. months later yeah yeah because yeah. um,
0: they they subvert
1: you they think you're at lewellyn yeah you're right You're not yeah. even at his funeral you're at her
2: mom's yeah. yeah so yeah so basically i mean we we basically talked about the end with Carla, uh, with Carla Jean and, and Anton, um, I, I mean, at this point we are now picking up with bell living the, yeah, Ed Tom bell living the, the retired life. Um, and he seems to almost not really know what to do with himself, but he doesn't seem unhappy, you know, like he seems like you know, like he wants to go riding his bike and he wants his wife to come with him, but she's got to still work, you know.
0: He seems he like seems, a restless retiree.
2: Like but but not unhappy that he's retired.
0: I could see me- him going back to work, but I don't know it shouldn't sure. be as a sheriff.
2: Right, exactly. That's what that's what I'm getting at, is that he seems to be perfectly fine leaving the law behind, you know. And he and uh he tells his wife about two dreams he's had one dream is he lost some money that his dad gave him. And it should be mentioned. His dad is an important figure as set up in the, in the mm. first narration at one point in time, they were both sheriffs and it was the only father, son sheriff in Texas or something like that. Yeah. Um. And you, he has, he, he has quite a bit of reverence for his father. And I think he sees that he once was, or he still wants to be like his father. Right.
0: He has reverence Uh, for that and reverence for lawmen who can do the job without a gun. Yes. Which is informing his whole idea that society has gotten more violent. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. It's not just that he's gotten older.
1: He's always loves the old, old stories of the old lawmen. And, uh, and yes, there's there's like this, it's almost like a pipe dream to think that he can do his job without a gun, right? Um, yeah. and, and he seems to have prided himself on what is, is most it of his... his- his career with that one. Yeah.
2: Right. Is his great uncle that the story he's told by his brother or his uncle, whoever. A, I think was. that's it's his uncle, uncle
1: or something. Yeah. And then, or, but it's it could his, be
2: uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah I think the
1: uncle great,
0: is telling him a story about his great uncle. Okay. Is what I, yes. Yes. It was
1: 1909 okay. was when the
2: story happened. Right. That's and, a really important piece of detail. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's basically saying it's like, yeah, they gunned down your great uncle on his doorstep. Yeah.
1: Nine of them come, came for him.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they gunned it on down. his porch. Yep. Yeah. And so
1: it's always says, been violent. What you got ain't nothing new. Yeah. This country is hard on
2: people. Yeah. That That's a powerful line. Good yeah. stuff. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And he, he basically, you know, and even, even to the, I mean, not only is it hard on that, but like there there's a callousness to the fact that his great aunt, Buried his great uncle the very next day, put him in the ground, and time moved on. You know, it's like there's a there's almost a harshness to that, even. Um, but anyway, he talks about one dream, he lost some money that his dad had given him, and in the second dream, which is a lot more detailed, he's riding with his dad, uh, and it's a snowy day, and um his dad basically rides past him without answering any calls to him and sets up a fire to wait for him to arrive. Um, and I think this is what I thought at least that the first dream was about him coming to some sort of either realization or acceptance that he probably feels as though he let his father down yeah yeah. You know, your, your dad gives you money and you lose it that's a letdown yeah and obviously the second one is he's kind of ready for when this time comes to die he'll be ready but they're gonna he's gonna die an old man and his dad's gonna be waiting for him in that clearing yeah um, i
1: think that i think that he yes, I agree definitely with the first part, but I also think the second part is a a come to peace with mm-hmm. he did he did the best he could and he also thinks his father will recognize that in some afterlife where he's waiting for him right like they'll be reunited. He even says he even says you know, he'll be waiting there, and I'm I'm certain of it or something like that. Like, yeah, there's a certainty to to his dream right that is i think comforting to him in some way um so yeah maybe he wasn't the man his father was but maybe he was good enough
2: yeah right yeah i mean and there'll be things that that you know that his dad will be disappointed in yeah you know but not to the point where he's not going to be waiting for him at right. the end and, right. and accepting. You know? Right. Yep. Yeah. Hundo.
1: That that was my read. Similar yeah. read, Chuck, or anything to add?
0: Yeah, no notes there. That's pretty oh, no, much no how notes. I read it. Just, <laughs> no just, no just, comments. Just. <laughs> Thanks, Matt Damon. Yeah. I mean, really, that's I think it's I think it's pretty straightforward, right? Like yeah. there's not a whole lot of to dive into there. But yeah, he did. He did feel like he lost some of his father's respect, and then mm-hmm. either he gained it back, or it doesn't matter. His father will respect him. Yeah. And he, accept also, him he also he anyway.
1: also said that he also said that he was at that point in time twenty years older than his father was when he died. So you know, I think there's can be some reflection on that as well. Like yeah, he's you
0: know, an older man.
1: He's a much older man. Yeah, Yeah. because in his dream, he said, you know, it was almost like I was looking at a younger man.
0: In some respects, he's younger than me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Pretty crazy. There There is a kind of a through line in the book about God and having God in your life a little bit and bringing God into war. And I'm really glad it's left out here, but I think it would make a lot of this, like the spirituality of his dreams at the end make a lot more sense from a yeah. spiritual nature but it's it's so straightforward that i think it works yeah but think, you can't I get to that it's clearing universal. And, i think it's yes. pretty
1: universal regardless yes. of your
2: your belief in well and i think and i think that's all right one yeah. of the great things about ed tom is is that he is the least complicated character in there yeah. even yeah. though he's complicated he's a relatively straightforward he's just an old guy who's feels like the his job plight, has passed him by
0: and his yeah. plight is taking place alongside him. So yeah. you don't, you don't need him to explain everything because it's you're happening. seeing it. You're, you're yes. seeing it. Yeah. you're yeah.
2: You're seeing it on his face. You're seeing it as he's telling a story. You're seeing, you're seeing
0: yeah. it when he's not even there. Yeah. Like the things that are happening. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. No notes. No, no notes.
0: notes. This is a, this is a pretty good movie. I yeah, know we know
1: met what? it. It's pretty good. It's
0: pretty good. We met it a little bit yeah. in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I'm c co- i come come around
0: on it.
2: You can't came, yeah, came it, around on
0: it? Yeah. It might even move up my top ten list. Um, oh,
2: yeah. speaking of you guys uh we we've done ten of these guys' movies now. Yes, ten of these guys' of movies. movies. We have never guys. done this many movies of a single filmmaker's. Yeah. Or shall we, rank them? shall we rank them? I mean, I think we should. You know, so I mean, should we just, we've got more to do just down the line. Rank
1: the ones that we've covered on the podcast.
2: Because yeah, those are the ones I know I've seen. <laughs>
1: which comprises of um, 10 of the their first 12 features. Yep. yep. The ones in, of the first 12 we are, we did not cover at this point are Lady Killers and Intolerable, intolerable. Cruelty. Intoler- which is so that hard is to the, say. Is such a hard Intolerable one. Cruelty. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> So we're not ranking those two. No um, notes. How should we do this? Should we, should we start with everybody's 10th?
0: Yeah, I think let's do that. Just
1: blow through this. All right. What do you got, Chuck?
0: My 10 is Hudsucker proxy.
2: So is mine. So is mine. No notes. I mean, <laughs> I, I it's not even close. It's not even close for me. That's number 10. I, I would have said
0: that <laughs> said this real quickly. I would not have expected this when we started this. Training. I don't
2: think I would have either. Yeah,
0: um, but that's but yeah, good. That's,
1: that's, that was my easy last. Um, what's number
0: nine I'll go again I guess and this was really hard I just want to say that the next nine movies really I kind of love all of them
1: yeah it's kind of hard
0: like they're all great to really great yeah Art and Fink is my nine
1: okay I'm gonna put blood simple as my number nine
2: uh mine is Miller's Crossing it wasn't really that hard for me I I like the movie uh it doesn't resonate. It's not the type of movie that I go back and watch a lot. Um, one real quick note, and this is something my dad and I talk about um, as much as I, especially like um, growing up, especially like Goodfellas, That's also a movie that's kind of like Miller's crossing. I don't want to go back to it's I I'm, I'm not really drawn to those kind of ultra violent mob movies. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. Um, that one was one where it's like, it's a good movie. I have no real negatives to point to. It's the one of the next nine that I would not watch again. That's probably. Fine. You don't
1: have to defend it. It's fine. No, you're
2: I know you guys like the movie a lot. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew I liked the movie. It's just, you know. All
1: right. Number eight
0: Blood Simple.
1: Okay. Yeah. This is where it gets starts to get really, really hard for me. And I would probably
2: put a raising Arizona here. So Ooh. did I. I put a raising Arizona there too. Nice. But that Chuck, I also said, you know, we start to get to a point where it's a muddled middle for me. And this is indication right there. It's like, yeah, the next few are tough to really rank.
0: Oh, what yeah. When I rewatch these in five years, my list will change for sure. Yeah. Number seven for me. And I said that this movie would shoot up my list and it has, but we haven't covered all of Cohen yet. Number seven is the man who wasn't there.
1: I I agree. That's where I have it, too. And it's hard. It's really hard. But that's where that's where it is. That's my number seven.
2: My number seven is Big Lebowski. Okay. Ooh.
3: okay.
0: Number six for me is Jeff's favorite Miller's crossing
2: <laughs> <laughs> my ninth favorite.
1: <laughs> number six for me is probably the man who wasn't there. No, I, that was my seventh. Sorry. Um,
0: you got to start crossing these out.
1: I know. I think, I think it's, Oh brother. I think Same that's my here. number six.
2: Same there. Yeah.
0: All right. My number five, and a lot of this has to do with it's been one of my favorite movies since I was a child, raising Arizona. Kind yeah.
2: of, okay. yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um,
1: I'm probably putting Barton Fink at number five.
2: I've got Blood Simple at number five. Okay. That movie, that movie, hit real it really it
0: follows I your kind of principles there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay.
0: um that's a jeff movie my number four which might be some people's number one is fargo okay
2: okay all
1: right my number four is yeah i think fargo is my number four
2: Bart and think i got to do it again (laughs) i've been been
0: waiting for it um i will admit before i say number three it's changing right now because of our conversation so i'm gonna put the big lebowski previously at number two at number Three okay, is number three.
1: That's your number three. Okay, 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 okay,
0: okay. Leo gets again.
3: <laughs>
1: um, what's he get again? This is where it's real, real hard. Um, but I think number three for me is going to be Miller's Crossing.
2: Okay. Um, the top three was the three I didn't have as much trouble trouble uh the man who wasn't there is number three for me
0: all right number two number two for me we just talked about it no country for old men
1: uh, my number two is going to be
2: the big lebowski i'm going to agree with chuck on this one i got no country in number two okay
0: this is very interesting to me that you guys had this so low because i fucking love this movie so much my number one is oh brother
1: Oh, mm. cool. Yeah, mine is no country for all men.
2: Mine is Fargo. Um Fargo, the reason why Fargo for me gets the nudge over No Country, because uh, I this was one I, I did think about this one. It's like, oh man, because yesterday I was watching No Country. I'm like, man, I think this is number one. <laughs> but it's so close that I went with Fargo because that's one I could watch again and again and again. This one, I gotta be in a mood for no country.
1: Yeah. I yeah, will that's say fair, but man, oh it is it is just it's, it's perfect. The, it's 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 their it's it's all everything they've done at a peak in a crescendo. Like it is it is a perfect movie.
0: It's probably their best film, but it's not my favorite. And I and rank then, this by and then favorite. Lebowski
1: and, right. and Lebowski and Miller's Crossing to me are both endlessly watchable. Like Miller's Crossing, yeah, it's violent, but that is just a funny movie. I mean, there's so much of that that Coen Brother quirkiness in that movie, from scene to scene. I love, I love the cadence of all the dialogue, um, the 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 lingo through it. it is almost poetry. And um, and I think of all of Carter Burwell's scores for the Coens, that's his best. I can listen to the music and just be happy.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I I'll say as a last note of mine, like the top six that I picked are all endlessly watchable movies to me. Like they're and my top four, I think, are all masterpieces. Like legit masterpieces in my. But I
1: didn't write mine down, so I've already kind of forgotten. <sighs> yeah, like my my bottom five. Um, but yeah, I know. I like, having a brother so low is crazy. I agree. It's absolutely crazy because I'll nuts. watch that. I'll watch that. You know. In a month, and I'll be like, "This is the best Coen Brother movie." Mm-hmm. I would probably say that. Um, yeah. But you yeah, know, yeah. What are you going to do? These guys are good. What's interesting? What are you going to gonna me, do? What what's interesting do? to me is if you look at their filmography, um, and you think about what they've done since the two we skipped, and what they've done since No Country for Old Men. I don't know how many of these would crack my top ten. I, maybe none of them. True Grit probably will. Would it, it would probably bump out Hudsucker Proxy.
0: I think it would for me too.
1: Um, and probably fit somewhere in that 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 you know six to ten slot. Even A Serious Man. It's been too long since I've seen it. I, I don't remember. Burn After Reading. I remember being fun, but but kind of um uh effort, ephemeral maybe.
0: Burn um, after like, reading Hail Caesar, like those are just like kind of fun movies. Hail Caesar
1: is maybe the only Coen Brother movie that I truly don't like. Uh, other but it's got some great moments in it.
0: Um, Channing Tatum dance, Channing Tatum yes, dancing in that movie is fucking that's hilarious. Best.
1: That's the best scene, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is really, 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 really good. I mean that that's yeah. got a chance.
2: Oh, that me. made your top ten of the year. That, yeah, year that, you that is, yeah, I
1: really, really like that. But 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 honestly, like the second half of their career, or at least the career after No Country for Old Men, is is not unassailable.
0: Right, right? I agree. I agree. Good timing, though. Because yeah. while we started this list, they announced that they're going to work on another project again.
1: Yes, they are. Which
0: will be the first time in six, seven years, I think, that they've done something together.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, Joel, Joel did Macbeth. Well, there's um, one coming out this year. Uh, Ethan's. Chuck, uh, I can't yeah, remember Ethan, what it's called. It's the uh, the uh, Getaway Girls. girls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's the one that Ethan. That did. looks pretty funny. Ethan
2: did with his. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. His
1: wife, I believe. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that too. Yeah, uh,
2: I, I saw a trailer for that, and I was like, first number one, gotta tell Chuck. Number two, I <laughs> <do this."
1: laughs> and, and I think Ethan also made a documentary. Yeah, uh,
2: yes,
0: he uh, did. I haven't I can't. seen that. Yeah, but no, no. I mean, we haven't even seen Getaway Girls yet. I saw Macbeth; no. it's good. But the Coen Brothers are just better together, right? They're like peanut butter and jelly. I think
1: that's what we all want. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm glad it's what they want. Yeah, that they're coming back together for presumably a project with some
1: energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: I can't wait for that. Um, This did they
1: say what it is? Have they announced the project?
0: They haven't. There's been speculation on some things they've said in the past, but nothing. Nothing. I bet
1: you they have a whole like bookshelf of stuff they've developed and and um, abandoned, right?
0: Probably, or maybe they're coming back together to do another Cormac McCarthy book because he passed away. Um, we can all hope for that, maybe, but it won't happen. Oh, yeah. I doubt who who go- is
1: it that's making uh, um, Blood Meridian? That was announced.
0: Oh, I, I know whoever that guy was, he made a movie that was like Blood Meridian. I can't remember who is doing it. Uh,
1: I can't remember. Yeah. It, I, remember, I remember thinking it was a pretty good choice.
0: Yeah. That's a wild narrative to put back together. Good luck. I mean, a that lot person. of people
1: think it's kind of... Kind of un uh unadaptable oh john hillcote yeah he that's the same guy who did um the road
0: yes you another great Cormac mccarthy book
1: well hillcote is also kind of like a, a neo western guy so it could work he made um the proposition that was the the um kind of crazy acid western that he made with nick cave
0: I think that's the one people say is kinda of like Blood Meridian, yeah.
2: as far as I recall.
1: I, 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 w- I could imagine them being you know, having like a
2: similar vibe. Yeah. 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 Um real quick, I we we said getaway girls. It's driveway dolls. Driveway dolls.
3: <laughs> Alliteration was there, guys. Hey. We we did
2: it. Pretty <laughs>
0: close. Yeah. We gotta make a movie called Getaway Girls now. Um I'm
2: thinking that's already a movie. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Maybe
0: not. This but... uh this month I had some fucking stellar movies
1: Wikipedia doesn't have anything for getaway girls
0: I'm going to start right now actually I'm going to have my chat GPT
2: right here Hollywood needs movies (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway I
1: guess that's not SAG it's uh, (laughs) the other one writers guild
2: (laughs) um oh my God. i uh yeah this movie this month oh. was very good it started a little rocky for me but again for all of us i think well yeah. but but hudziker proxy does again have that that quality that if you can just i'll uh, watch scenes of it because scenes of it are so beautiful and how it's designed that you know that's great but i don't want to watch that movie again as a <clears or. throat> Um, but I'll watch scenes. I'll watch that scene. I'll watch anything in the mail room or anything of the gears turning of that. You watch scenes
0: of that movie, Jeff.
2: I would watch scenes of that okay. movie. Um, but anyway, yes, very, very good. You picked you picked some good ones, Chuck.
0: Yeah. The Coen yeah. brothers made some good ones. I just had to, yeah.
2: You just had to put them in the list. Yeah. Um, I will say that November is my month so look out it's bond time so i've got five bond movies to to pick coming up i think you guys will very much enjoy those i know jason will but wait a minute what do we got in between there yeah. yeah we got lots of stuff in between but i just wanted to say it's like everybody got their five week month i can't wait to get to the i'm ready to watch bond to bond i yeah. do that will um, be a fun month that'll be a fun. yeah month. now next month is a little weird now we're next wednesday uh, we we kicked September off with Big, his 35th anniversary. We talked about Tom Hanks back in Money Pit. Um, and we thought, you know, Big would have been a good one to talk about. It's, it's kind of celebrating an anniversary. It was a big movie, no pun intended. Um, certainly was massive for Tom Hanks. It basically made him an Oscar darling. Uh, I think that was his first nomination.
0: Oh, save and, it for our coverage. Yeah, next cool. we don't well, we'll yeah. have to
2: cover it now. So what are we doing next week? <laughs> well no, it's just that's that's good stuff. Um and then from there, um I think September gets a little a little weird because oh, it's then we're just weird. Because then we're just going right into horror for the next seven weeks. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Big is right.
0: kind of a horror film.
2: Uh, in a way it kind of is. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it, is. it really so could be if you really think about it. And yeah. You really piece it all together. Yeah, it gets a little. Uh, I didn't easy. even
0: have to think about it. That's yeah. kind of horrifying.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so starting next week, uh, or well, with next week, we have Big on Wednesday. Next Monday, on my program, Monster Mondays, um, I am talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Speaking of, oh, cool. uh, uh, we got we got John Goodman in there. Speaking of some Cohen brothers alum, man,
1: talk yep. about a movie that just absolutely surprised me by how good it was. It is still good. I did not expect it is, that movie to be that good, and it's great.
2: Yeah, it is engrossing. It's good. It's thrilling. It's great. It's just and John John Goodman is so creepy in that (laughs) he is a good bad guy when he's a bad guy um yeah so that's monday both of those uh 10 cloverfield lane and then later in the week big go to filmseizure.com, listen to it there or you can also find where we put the podcast on various places and platforms this upcoming friday at my website bmovieinima.com i kick off another Russ Meyer month with oh, no. common law cabin. Oh no. I picked all these movies for the month because of their titles and common law cabin for some reason sticks out to me. Like, like that scene in clerks when, when Randall's reading off all the listings of like porn titles and then there's like one super normal one there, but it also like your, your brain fills in. Like what's going to, that's what common law cabin. is. To me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is uh friday september 1st so russ meyer boobs a-flopping all (laughs) over the place Mm -mm. um all right so uh, until next week when we get big um i am jeff arbuckle
0: i am julie the backseat driver
1: (laughs) i am jason oliver and you have been listening to film seizure and look at that fucking bone